0: And at the Boys and Girls Club, we have a blue door. It is all about opportunity. Trying to provide unique opportunities for the children that I work with, that's my goal. And it's my goal with my own kids. I want them to see things and experience things. So we try to do that at the club too. The Boys and Girls Club is a place that a child could become anything they want to.
1: Welcome to an episode of the Interesting People podcast today. I'm rejoined by Lisa McDonald, the Executive Director of the Boys and Girls Club of Frederick County. Lisa, how's it going?
0: It's going great. How are you doing today? I'm doing great.
1: So first off, we're heading up towards your second annual Comedy Night event, but let's talk about you for a little bit. You've been the Executive Director. Is this, I guess, the start of your third
0: year? Yes. Yes.
1: So how have things changed at the Boys and Girls Club since you got the job?
0: I think our programming has really improved. We have a great group of individuals that are working with the kids. We also have a number of volunteers that are coming in regularly. So our children are having much better quality interactions with the adults in their world there. We have a mentor program that are going on. So we have several mentors that are coming in and working with our children one-on-one. And we really still need more mentors. So, you know, you can look us up online. But it's really just a really good vibe in the club. And we're really looking forward to expanding. Lincoln, as we had talked about a couple years ago, the drywall is up. We're in the process of knocking out the wall for our door because we'll have our own entrance. So we will be moving our summer program to Lincoln this year. So we'll be increasing our capacity, almost doubling for the summer. Going to try to go to 100 children as opposed to 60.
1: The original building that you're using right now, that's going to be used for the high schoolers.
0: Correct. So then the Burke Street location, and we we'll plan to renovate it and make it a great drop-in location for teens because there's really no place for the teens to be. They can come there anytime after school until the evening. They can get homework help. We'll have youth development professionals working with them as well, present there, so they can help with tutoring. And then we have all the different outcome-based programs that we run with our youth. And so there'll be Youth of the Year, which is also something actually new I should mention coming up in April. The Youth of the Year is a leadership development suite for all of our teens to go through. And what happens organically is the leaders of our club surface and they present to a group of people and we select our Youth of the Year for the local club. And then that individual goes to the state youth of the year. There's 14 Boys and Girls Clubs in the state of Maryland, seven traditional and seven military, and they become the state youth of the year. And then from there, they go regional to national and actually then could represent the Boys and Girls Club nationally, representing over four million children.
1: Oh, that's incredible. So like a Frederick member could eventually maybe become the national.
0: Could be, yes. Yes. Oh,
1: that's really exciting. So I'm actually I'm kind of curious with the separation of the high schooler with the younger kids right now. Do you see some hesitation from some high school kids to get into it because like, oh, I don't want to be in this place with a bunch of elementary school kids, middle school kids. Do you think you may actually get some kids that would have been hesitant in the past to join if they're separated?
0: Yes. Yeah, we do hear that. Even right now with our teen program that's in the evening after the young ones leave, their Xbox is separated from the young kids so that they don't mess it up, as the older kids like to say. Even like the pool sticks for the teens, because we have pool tables, we keep them separate from the younger kids. And also some of the games, you know, we do play only e-games, but still we try to keep those games separate from the little kids. But we have heard from the teens that they're looking forward to having their own space. They're looking forward to decorating it. We'll be working with an interior designer, so we'll make it much more cozier. We're going to look at bringing a gym into the facility itself so they can work out. Right now, we have partnered with Planet Fitness, and our teens go once a week over to Planet Fitness to work out. And Planet Fitness is a national partner with Boys and Girls Club. So we hope to have a little gym also there at Burke Street. And then the upstairs, which is a big open room, you can imagine it with couches and different things that they can hang out and tables. Just a safe place to be with purpose.
1: So is the teen club for high school age kids or is it also some middle?
0: It's right at the tail end of middle school, so 12-13 on up. So we want to make it kind of that exclusive club where you want to be when you're in middle school, you're looking up to it. Right now we're in Ballinger Creek Middle School, so we do have a feeder into the teen program, but also for the neighborhood.
1: Earlier, you mentioned mentoring. I want to kind of double back to that. Sure. Is that more like like you're learning from them as a person, or is it like trade mentorship? What's the nature of the mentors?
0: The mentors work with children depending on their needs. We work with the family and the child, and we identify different objectives. So if the child needs help with homework or might have some challenges in terms of behavior, the mentor will come and work with that child and just talk through things with them. We actually have a mentoring training that all our mentors go through, and then we pick certain objectives. for that child, and each child is going to be different. So sometimes a child just needs a little extra guidance with a caring adult, and that's what this does. It does not happen outside the club. It happens only in the club. And so that the mentor is never alone with the child, per se.
1: That's a good thing to know.
0: It's a safety feature for everyone involved. But we're also part of FCPS mentor program. So our mentors can actually go visit that child at the school as well. They can go and have lunch with them and things like that. So, again, encouraging academics, encouraging behavior, and encouraging just their development. We have one mentor, for example, he comes in and works with a young man and they play UNO together and they're talking during that time. So it's a very fun, simple experience. If you're thinking about being a mentor, it's not that you have to have a psychology degree or anything like that. You can come play UNO and just talk about what's going on in their lives and encourage them to make good choices.
1: When we were talking last year, you had mentioned you guys have a walking club.
0: Well, it's kind of cold right now. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We bring the walking club. We change our programs every 10 weeks. So depending on the seasons, we'll have a walking club when it's warmer. Right now, we always run STEM programs. We have healthy habits, which does fall into that physical activity, the walking club, and our bike club. We can talk about that in a minute. And then just character development, too.
1: That's awesome. And you guys were focusing on nutrition as well. as Do you guys provide food?
0: We feed the members a warm meal uh, provided through Frederick County Public Schools every afternoon. Yesterday was Nacho Day in which they love Nacho Day. There's a lot of buzz around that. And then some kids will bring their own snacks because they prefer it. But the majority of our kids eat from Frederick County Schools.
1: You brought up the Bicycle Club, and I just, I just got to ask. So the Boys and Girls Club Tour to Frederick, always an awesome thing. So we have some new riders for this year?
0: We have a bike club, which is made up of members. And actually, we're going to start recruiting for a new bike club coach because we have an open position for that. Our wonderful employee that did that for a number of years has retired. She may come back as a volunteer, but we definitely need someone that will be willing to ride with the kids. And then from there, we're going to recruit. Our middle school kids normally are who do the rides because they ride the 30-mile they ride twice a week during school after school and then we ride twice a week in the summertime and if they don't have bikes we can provide them. We have a number of bikes that have been donated to us so we have bikes for the members to ride and so anyone that's listening if your child wants to ride they can come be a member and they learn about bike safety street safety. As you might recall your ABC's, ABCs. <laughs> air brake Chains brake Chains. Yeah. I, I check them
1: all the time right. now.
0: <laughs> but yeah they learn a lot about safety and I think what's really important in the endurance events is they learn to persevere and they learn to persevere together because when i rode with them last year we had a couple members that were struggling because it was humid and they were cheering each other on they were encouraging each other on or somebody had to stop and walk and someone walked with them so there's a lot of support and camaraderie and it's important for all of us to learn endurance life is not to sprint It's a long-distance run, and you and I met because we ran together, (laughs) so we know that it's an endurance. So it's really neat to see how proud they are, too, at the end. They're very excited.
1: I got to ask you as well. Just a little sidebar here. Are you going to do the Frederick Half Marathon again?
0: I am. Yep, I'm scheduled to run. I'm probably going to do the nut job. Are oh, you doing same, the nut same job. Here. I loved
1: it doing the nut job <laughs> last year. Was so much fun.
0: I should say on a side note, the first time I did the nut job was when I was a board member for the Boys and Girls Club. We actually had a running team. I would come in and run with the running team, and I ran with them the 5K the night before for the first time. And it was the best moment of running with these two young ladies. And you know the Monocacy Hill and how bad it is. And they walked up it. But when we came in that gate and their moms were there, they just booked in and they were so excited. So it was a really great event. So it'd be running or biking to get the children involved and teach them that endurance lesson. It's really important.
1: There's something about that finish line feeling that I've been trying to explain to people, but I don't think anyone can ever really understand the emotional high of yes. of finishing one of those long, even a 5K, you still get the rush when you're heading towards the yes. finish line. It, yes. It's, oh...
0: I have the mentality that the kids should be dirty and be outside so I really (laughs) encourage even in the winter with getting dark early we take the kids outside as soon as they get there so they can run around and get their energy out so that's kind of more of my philosophy as a parent too so I really encourage that my background is in science and so I'm very excited with Lincoln we are going to have a stem lab and I'm really looking forward to bringing that stem component to our children and the opportunities that the science and technology engineering math has for them I have a strong belief belief that science anybody can do is just how it's presented and it's an important part of your life because it impacts your health. It impacts how you cook. That's science too and my staff will tell you I get a stem glow when I talk about it because I don't know if you know I worked in research for 22 years. That's why there's a real importance to science.
1: See, I actually would like to pick at that a little bit. What, yes. what did you research?
0: I worked in genomics, pioneered the the field of genomics and worked with Dr. Craig Venter and actually just this past month they've been celebrating the human genome sequencing. I was part of that in the sense that he did that as for-profit company and I worked at his non-profit company. I did the first genome ever sequenced. I worked on different bacterial genomes like Lyme's disease, syphilis. My early days I worked on smallpox. So we did a lot of different research trying to figure out the ACTs and Gs and what those genes mean. And really, it was an interesting thing I saw on the, my old organization's website is today everyone's doing Ancestry and 23andMe. That wouldn't be going on if it wasn't for the work that we did as scientists. So at the end of my career, I had moved into this education component, and my goal was to reach as many children as I could to encourage them to go into science. So we worked in Washington, D.C., out to West Virginia, Montgomery County, Howard County, some schools here in Frederick. And then we were bi-coastal because we had a location in San Diego. So I worked in a school right next to the Mexico line and all the way into the mountains in San Diego and inner city San Diego, too. So you see all very diverse of children but they all have the same desire and that's what's really interesting regardless of where you are they want to learn they want to be recognized and they want to be encouraged and so the goal there was to make scientists and give them an opportunity and at the boys and girls club you know we have a blue door it is all about opportunity so trying to provide unique opportunities for the children that I work with that's my goal and it's my goal with my own kids I want them to see things and experience things so we try to do that at the club too
1: So you're looking for the next little scientist that walks under the front door there?
0: I'm looking for the next scientist, the next president. The Boys and Girls Club has a public service announcement about a place to become. The point is the Boys and Girls Club is a place that a child could become anything they want to. And it's about opportunities and experiences. And even if they experience something and they don't like it, That's okay, too. That's a learning experience, right? Oh, yeah. So you and I both probably did jobs that we didn't like. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. But they may find something else, and they're going to like that. So it's just giving them the experiences and the exposure is really important.
1: So with the career stuff there, too, when we're talking about moving forward, we had talked early on that that's one of the things that you guys were working on, Mm -hmm. maybe connecting with CTC and other kind of connections like that. Where's that gone in the last two years?
0: That's actually going to be in our STEM lab. We're going to also have careers there. So we're looking at bringing in career experiences into that kind of a lab environment as much as we can in terms of hands on. Last summer, we also partnered with Frederick Community College in the Monroe Center and we had a career exploration camp actually at Monroe for our, our kids. This summer, we expect to do the same thing. We're going to have a middle school career camp with them at Monroe. So Looking at different ways to use the resources in the community to give our kids opportunities. And I think there's going to be more things happening because recently the federal Perkins Grant, which funds a lot of career tech programs, actually funds career tech programs, are now available for non-school organizations or community-based organizations like the Boys and Girls Club. So I'm watching to see how that's going to impact or how I can get access to bring that to Frederick County.
1: Is that another big part of your job, like grant hunting and money finding?
0: Yes, We are always looking at grant opportunities. Right now, we're primarily funded through donors, individual donors, which we greatly appreciate. We do not get funded through National. I think that's a misnomer. People may think there's a really big national organization. We do not get direct funds from National. They give us great support in many ways, but not financially. (laughs) So we are really locally funded. But grants are a really big component in advocacy. We feel that we're the voice of the children. Actually, next week I'll be in Washington, D.C. with hundreds of other Boys and Girls Clubs going and speaking to our federal representatives about some key things around opioids, 21st Century Learning Grants, the Perkins, actually, that was something we talked to them about last year, and a few other topics that I don't have them in front of me, but there are other things that work on their meal plans and things like that that we'll be talking to them about. And a couple weeks ago, Maryland Boys and Girls Clubs, we went to Annapolis and we were speaking to our local delegation about issues around opioids as well. There was a STEM bill out allowing non-school community-based organizations to get some access to this science funding. So, you know, being involved in advocacy is really important too. So making sure that our kids have opportunities.
1: I'd love to pick at the opioid thing in particular. What's the angle there?
0: It is around prevention and education. We have had programs, anti-drug programs in our clubs. We are looking at opioids specifically and talking about what opioids are and the knowledge of it, but also the prevention of it. And I'd like to position the club or really any after-school organization is we are a prevention organization. If the children are involved in a positive Organization that positive space, that's prevention itself because they're not out unsupervised in mischief. So first, just having children at the Boys and Girls Club is prevention. And then working with them and developing character, talking about drugs and teaching them resiliency, teaching them how to say no, and having a safe place to go to be away from it is really important. But we also see children in our club that have been impacted by it who may be in guardian care because their parents have struggled with this, or the children that are left behind after someone passes away because of addiction. And so I refer to the survivors of opioids. You know, we need to start thinking about how are we helping those kids cope? And deal with that and supporting those families because, you know, if you're in a guardianship situation, you may be the aunt, the grandmother, you didn't plan to suddenly take care of these small kids. And so we try to help families in need in that way as well. And we do have families like that.
1: The opioid thing, I feel, caught a lot of people off guard, and it's only gotten worse. Do you try to like look out for like the next big thing you think could be impacting the kids or the community that you're in?
0: I think really the next thing is the vaping. I think we're going to see, I was just talking about this, we're going to probably see a public health challenge with the vaping. It it's not safe and you're putting chemicals into your body no matter what it's not safe and i think we're going to see that downstream and that's one of the bigger challenges in schools we don't have it in the club even with our teens but it's just really rampant is the vaping and then vaping with marijuana and even with the marijuana problem or challenge right now where it's becoming legal so in the children's mind it's a legal substance so it should be okay but yet they don't have the capacity to understand that at a young age it's bad for your brain no matter what
1: It's such a huge challenge, though I do not want to lose some of the other stuff that you guys do. So we've talked about career. We've talked about fitness, wellness. Are there any other parts of the Boys and Girls Club that have grown or changed or that people may not be aware of?
0: The character development, we have programs around called Passport to Manhood, Smart Girls. So really encouraging like the development of the young men and the young women. We are an inclusive organization as well. So we have an emphasis on bringing everyone in, be their demographics, their sexual preferences. Everyone is included. And that's a big part of who we are. Uh, and I don't think people realize that, too.
1: See, I've not heard that. That's, and that's another valuable thing for giving someone an environment to feel safe in, too.
0: Right. And that's our number one, is safety. So it's not just physical safety, it's emotional safety. And that's been a really big focus of the club this past year. We've been working, we're constantly improving and working quality improvement, is the sense of belonging for our children and the sense of belonging for our staff. And that's emotional safety. So physical safety you can do because you can lock doors, but you want children to have an emotional safety area as well.
1: Maybe this is a kind of an odd question, but I remember at that age, like bullying was a thing. Is that part of the character building where you try to stop bullying or making sure that's not part of the club?
0: We have a zero bullying policy, and so we try to intervene whenever we see that behavior. And also if ever a family member shares with us that the child shared that they're being bullied, we'll, you know, take action on that. We'll make sure we're vigilant on it and try to intervene. But if you're having a sense of belonging and you're doing these purposeful outcome programs, we're developing that culture. where just, it's not acceptable. And so it's a much more positive environment. So hopefully that is left at the door, but of course they're children. Things happen and we try to make them learning moments. So not just reprimand someone, but how do we, how do we work through this?
1: Two years ago, I asked you what was coming up. It's two years later. So what's the future now? What are some of the other things that you're looking forward to that we haven't touched on?
0: Well, we have the comedy event that's next week, so we're really excited with that. And we mentioned there are dancers and Oakrit and Colin Moulton, who was hysterical last year. Our Youth of the Year event is coming up in April, and that'll be an invitation program where we'll be selecting our Youth of the Year. We haven't done that publicly for a number of years. Then the golf tournament. So if you, everyone likes the golf, come on out. We have a really good time. <laughs> it's at Holly Hills, June 17th. And then we will be, same time in June, we'll be opening our doors at Lincoln. And so that's a huge... Huge accomplishment. Oh, okay. We're very excited. The drywall's up, I mentioned that, and we're going to be doing some final color selection. So that's a really big deal. And then, of course, then Tour de Frederick. Tour de Frederick. Which is huge. And, you know, without the community support, it's just one of our biggest fundraisers. And, of course, we partner with Rotary, and, you know, we really are thankful for their volunteership and their participation as well. You know, we have sponsorships as well available for <laughs> that. Or more importantly, join a team. Just like we have the WFRE St. Jude's team, you can also create a team and ride for the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Big things really kind of still looking and working with other community groups to expand the Boys and Girls Club. My vision is that every child in Frederick County should have access to a Boys and Girls Club because there's only a few decisions and things like that can take them down the wrong path. So we're looking to expand into Emmitsburg, maybe within the city because we're only on one side of the city and definitely you know, some talk about Brunswick as well. So I just feel that we can really just grow into different pockets in the area. And we, we've really relied on the United Ways report, the ALICE report, mm-hmm. to help guide some of those decisions looking at where there's need in the community. But it doesn't always correlate to Alice. Like I said, every child could be considered at risk regardless of their zip code.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. I end every interview now with the exact same question. What has you excited? What are you looking forward to?
0: I can't wait to see the kids dance. But, you know, when I go upstairs and the kids are there and I see their faces and they run up and they give me a hug, I live for that every day. And even like yesterday, we were giving someone a tour, and I had a young man all excited to tell me about his birthday dinner. But I do. I live for that. That's what keeps me going every day is seeing those smiling faces. So that would be what I live for.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you.